Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Not only is it important to see how you start off, it's how you finish the race that matters. We'll look at this principle of leadership on this episode of Inverse. Hey, it's Justin from Inverse, and we've got a whole series of topics prepared just for you, pertinent for young adults. And we want you to get even more involved in our Bible study. So we prepared a Bible study guide called the Inverse Bible Study Guide. And you can access it by going to inversebible.org. From there, you can see all of our topics and study guides and materials and blogs and whatnot. And study the Bible and join our conversation here on Inverse. Hey, welcome friends. We want to thank you that if you've been watching every episode of this entire series, this entire season, I should say, on the book of Nehemiah, we are at the last episode here in chapters 10 through 13. We're so glad you decided to join us here in the studio with us are my friends. And we are, this is the last episode on leadership and on Nehemiah. And I wish, I mean, maybe this is too much of a uh, a spoiler, but... uh, that I wish the, the, the book ended just as strong as it started. Mm. Yeah, but we're going to look at how, how it ends. So let's have a word of prayer. And uh, Jonathan, can you pray for us? And we'll get into the scripture. Father in heaven, again, we're here uh, to study the word. And we're at the end of this book. But Lord, we know you have one more blessing for us. Amen. And so we, we plead now that you will provide us with insight, guidance, your Holy Spirit, and may our study today change our lives, change our churches. Uh, Lord, we praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Chapter 10 is where we're at in Nehemiah. And Sebastian, before you do read chapter 10, verse 1, I'm going to ask Callie, um, chapter 10, verse 1, 10 doesn't start by itself. Uh, doesn't start off by itself. doesn't start. It's, it's, it's just... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what do I want to say? It's not self-contained. <laughs> yes. uh, but we need chapter 9 that feeds into chapter 10 is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. So maybe somebody out there has not watched episode 9. Go watch episode 9. But if you haven't, Callie, what, what uh, can you share with us? You say 9. And, so it's, you're talking about chapter 9? Yeah, chapter 9. Okay. What, okay. what did I say? You said episode 9. So oh, I'm really chapter nine. Okay. Yeah. So it's Episodes a, and chapters. That's and, all right. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about uh, this, this corporate prayer that happens mm. where they are recounting the amazing things that God has done done for them despite their failures and they're turning away from them him like over and over and over again and it ends with just the ultimate faithfulness of god and they're committing themselves to him again for a covenant mm-hmm. and that's when we come into chapter 10 of when they're still for the covenant and like listing people who are there and who place their seal on the document yeah and it could be that in the actual original document they actually sign their own yeah. names mm-hmm. uh we'll see there and sebastian if you look in we won't ask you to read chapter 10 what verses 1 through 8 but if you're out there watching with us uh look at chapter chapter 10 verses 1 through 8 you actually see a list of names the first name is Nehemiah. Nehemiah the governor, and you see all those names. Verse 9, these were the priests, the Levites, Jeshua, da 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 da. Verse 10, their brethren. Verse 14, the leaders of the people are there. And, so, and these are all names, yes? yes? And you can read that on your, your own time. Now, verse chapter chapter 10, verse 28 is where what they're actually promising the details of this covenant are mentioned. So, Sebastian, can you read that for us, please? Yes. Now, the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the Nethanim, and all those who had separated themselves from the peoples of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, everyone who had knowledge and understanding, 
These joined with their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord, our, of the Lord, our Lord, and his ordinances and his statutes. We would not give our daughters as wives to the peoples of the land, nor take their daughters for our sons. If the peoples of the land brought wares or any grain to sell on the Sabbath day, we would not buy it from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day. And we would forego the seventh year's produce and the exacting of every debt. Mm -hmm. Also, we made ordinances for ourselves to exact from ourselves yearly one third of a shekel for the service of the house of our God, for the showbread, for the regular grain offering, for the regular burnt offering of the Sabbaths, the new moons and the set feasts, for the holy things, for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel mm. and all the work of the house of our God. We cast lots among the priests, the Levites and the people for bringing the wood offering into the house of our God, according to our father's houses at the appointed times year by year mm -hmm. to burn on the altar of the Lord our God as it is written in the law. Okay, verse 35, Kelly, can you pick up for us? And we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all fruit of all trees year by year to the house of the Lord, to bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle as it is written in the law, and the firstborn of our herds and our flocks to the house of our God, to the priests who minister in the house of our God, to bring the first fruits of our dough, our offerings, the fruit from all kinds of trees, the new wine and oil to the priests, to the storerooms of the house of our God, and to bring the tithes of our land to the Levites. For the Levites should receive the tithes in all our farming communities. And the priest, the descendant of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive tithes. And the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithes to the house of our God, to the rooms of the storehouse. And John, verse 39. For the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the grain of the new wine and the oil to the storerooms where the articles of the sanctuary are, where the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers are, and we will not neglect the house of our God. Okay, so that was a long passage, but there was some good stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, they promised themselves to, to a couple things, yeah. uh, and they signed their names to. What are some of those things that they're entering a covenant into with? Jonathan? Basically, this is like a, a, like a relaunch, a mm. reboot of Israel, Israel 2.0 or... 5.0, wow, whatever it's cool. How, yeah. However many apostasies and uh, returns you want to count, but they are saying, Version hey, 9,432. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's not judge because we're not better. Yes, um, we're no. one million for it. Yeah, so they are they are relaunching what God had ordained in 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 the Pentateuch in, or in uh, Deuteronomy and, and the other books as well, and God was saying, uh, you know, this is the way that I want you to have the social, economical, and religious life is to look like this. Yes. You're saying, Lord, we're going to do this now. Mm -hmm. We're going to return to you. We're going to follow the instructions that you've given us. And it talks about the different, you know, taking care of the land, um, having a, day, uh, a year of rest for the land, mm -hmm. um, not exacting, you know, um, uh, the, the, the question about debt. We had that discussion earlier on. It talks about um, taking care of the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. uh, it makes sure that, they're following the law of God. Mm -hmm. and they're coming you know, it, it, mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of this idea of, that we call revival and reformation. Yes. Mm. The idea that going through the revival of chapter 8 and making this prayerful commitment in chapter 9 actually has to lead to practical reformation in your life. So it's great to be revived and say, yes, we, will, we understand the law of God. But the Bible says that he that is a hearer of the law and not a doer, right, he's deceived. 
Mm -hmm. so break down the word Reformation, though. Like, uh, I think we have a pretty good grasp on what yes. revival is, but what, what is technically Reformation? So, in revival, you're coming back to spiritual life again. Reformation is dealing with the practical steps of reshaping your life to the mm -hmm. will of God. Mm -hmm. So now we're getting into the practical. Now that I'm surrendered to him, what is he calling me to do? Mm -hmm. Because in the text, it tells you that we committed in verse 28 to walk in the law of yes. God. Mm -hmm. Now that law is something that is constantly, as we're studying it and reading and understanding, we're going to commit. But there were certain things that were more at the forefront mm -hmm. of the concern. And one of those was marriage, mm -hmm. not giving our sons to their daughters and not taking their daughters for our sons. Mm -hmm. And the realization that the fundamental thing that had to be restored was the home. Mm -hmm. Like if the family is corrupted, if the family is broken and divided spiritually, you are destroying Israel from mm -hmm. the very foundation. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, this reformation came not that we're all sitting there with our wives and our children in Nehemiah 8 and 9, but now we all have to commit that we need to protect the home and make sure every single family is Christ-centered and God-centered. Yes. These homes were created to be uh, platforms to pass on the message, to pass on the mission, and to mm -hmm. pass on the destiny of God's people. And our identity. And That's if right. they were to introduce other values into this home system, that, that mission of God would be thwarted. That's right. And sense. they had that experience. They know that from their own experience. Mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. what happens. Another detail just about how important the whole family is just mm -hmm. comes in the, at the end of verse 28. So all these people, they're separating themselves. But So it lists their, so the, the men themselves, their wives, their sons, and their daughters. And then it makes this blanket statement of everyone who had knowledge and understanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not just something for like the the elders or just the nobles or those who have a lot of like literally anyone who understands this. Mm -hmm. You're committing yourself, mm -hmm. and it just shows like I just see the family. It's not just like the parents need to be converted or the parents, but like the kids themselves mm -hmm. need to be like you know even if I'm not marrying age when I grow up like mm -hmm. this is what I want to be dedicated to do and honoring the Sabbath. And mm -hmm. you know it reminded me of a powerful experience I had on a plane. I was sitting next to a father and I was. Um, my wife was expecting our first child, and his daughter had just gotten married, mm -hmm. his oldest daughter. And so I was like, oh, I'm having a daughter. His oldest is a daughter. So I always have this habit that when I meet new people and I discover something about them, I always ask, what's the most rewarding thing about what you do mm -hmm. and what's the most challenging thing? Very introverted question to ask somebody. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is, because I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I go to him and I said, so what's the most rewarding thing about being a father? Mm -hmm. And he told me the story that, he said, when I was young, my daughter hated the fact that I drank alcohol. Mm -hmm. And she would say, Dad, I don't like the fact that you drink. Like, drinking is bad. At school, we learned this and this and this, drunk drivers. And so he went to his daughter at 11 years old, and he, he, they took out, he brought two rings. And he said, okay, here's the deal. If you promise to keep yourself pure until you're married, I promise I'll never drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. wow. And so she said, okay, you have a deal. She put the ring on. So he said, years go by, his daughter's 28 years old, they're at the wedding, he's walking her down the aisle, he's like, it's all emotional. He goes to give her away, and she puts her hand in, in his hand, and he opens it, and it's the ring. Aww. And she says, Dad, I kept my promise. Mm -hmm. And he said, it took everything in my heart, right, to not break down and start crying. I just rushed to my seat, and my wife was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and he opened his hand, and his wife started crying. And... He's saying he knew what that meant, that mm -hmm. she said, I had kept my promise. Mm -hmm. I have kept my covenant to my dad. Mm -hmm. And it, it just reminds you that even here in Israel, this is the kind of um, experience that these young kids were going through mm -hmm. in the time of Nehemiah, which is we're entering in a covenant with our parents. 
that this is we're going to keep ourselves. We're not going to give ourselves to the people of this mm-hmm. land. Mm-hmm. And that story that he told me on that plane, I mean, it just really moved me so deeply to see how significant it was to pass on certain values to his daughter mm-hmm. and to see that she kept it. And now that legacy was going on to his powerful. grandchildren. That is, that's, that, that, that is powerful. That is the original blueprint of what marriages and families should be, this mm-hmm. passing on and God, why God instituted. Hollywood and media has created another worldview of what yes. marriage and family should be. And they're conf- constantly conflicting. Yep. And not just even Hollywood. Sometimes we blame Hollywood for all of society's evils. But <laughs> sometimes culture itself, mm-hmm. that, that, that just uh, neutral cu- uh, culture That's right. can have a different worldview that goes against uh, the original intent as well. Right. Well, we talked about marriage. But what are some other things that the Israelites here are, are promising themselves mm-hmm. to? Kelly? Another aspect is keeping the Sabbath holy. Mm-hmm. And the this idea of like even if other people come in and they try to uh, even though you know they're not obligated because mm-hmm. they don't know but like we're still not going to interact with them we're mm-hmm. not going to let them sell and not encourage that mm-hmm. so i like it too it doesn't just say like we're going to keep the sabbath but it's it's almost like they kind of know this is an issue this specifically is so this is where they're going to focus mm-hmm. on really honoring the sabbath today. yeah on selling and on buying, buying and yeah. oh. it gets very very specific of which we get a lot of our sabbath keeping principles today from this book of, of yeah. nehemiah yeah. That's okay right. what is the relation between marriage and and sabbath why why those two things well i mean they are rooted in the garden of eden mm-hmm. i mean these are the things that when god created yes. he allowed us to carry them yeah. outside of eden yeah, two institutions we have back from all the way back from the Garden of Eden. When we come back, we're going to look at the two other things that the Israelites promised them, themselves to. And when they break these, these promises, uh, Nehemiah gets into a little bit of fist fight. So you don't, you don't want to miss it. We'll see you after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Okay, welcome back to Nehemiah chapter 10 and chapter 13. We are really smack in the middle of a very intense Bible study here. The Israelites promised themselves to God in a covenant for four things. And we looked at marriage and Sabbath and those being a dual institutions from the Garden of Eden. Question to all of you is, what are two other aspects? Mm-hmm. We see actually four things that they commit themselves to. Jonathan. Yeah, we see here uh, another thing is that they are committing themselves to uh, bringing tithe back mm-hmm. to the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 10% of their increase is going to support the work of God. Mm-hmm. And it is an, it's an action of faith, an action of commitment, an action of love. Mm-hmm. It's an action of stewardship. It's, a, it's a, something they do joyfully because mm-hmm. they want to be connected with their Lord and they want to show their gratitude as well. Mm-hmm. And so and this is tithe. And, but then they also uh, commit themselves to taking care of the temple mm-hmm. and uh, keeping the ordinances, the feasts, the things that are, help them remember. We talked about mm-hmm. that in the previous episode remember um, uh, what God has done and will do for them in the Messiah. So they are committing themselves to upholding God's way and God's uh, teachings mm-hmm. uh, for future generations. Mm-hmm. And, when awesome. you, and when you think about the centrality of the house of God, it's repeated several times in yes. this chapter, mm-hmm. to drive home the point that for a Jew, the temple was the central of oh, everything. Yeah. Sure. The house of God was the center of their economy, center of their religion, center of their society. And it's, it's a message to us that... God should also be central Mm -hmm. um, to every aspect of our lives, our political choices, our financial choices, our purpose in terms of mission, our family, what we do with our money, Mm -hmm. how we support leadership, 
all of these things are centered in the house of God. And that's why the chapter ends by saying in verse 39, we will not neglect the house of our God. Mm -hmm. It goes to show you that all four of these things that they're committing to are all areas of spiritual experience that are grounded in the view that you have of God. Mm -hmm. If you have a low view of God, you will not honor a marriage covenant. Mm. You will not honor the Sabbath. You will not return well, to your that's, creator. Well, that's the next, next natural question is why these four things? Mm -hmm. uh, and so you're saying there's a connection to our spiritual experience. Yeah. Absolutely. But why? Uh, what, what, there's also something else, like something more on a more superficial level. That's pretty deep. On a more superficial <laughs> level, what connects these four things to each other? Yeah, no. I have a thought, but now I'm okay. Don't no, so, hey, share your thought. I'm just my my question is, since you're curious. <laughs> well, I just see them as they all are foundational to different parts of our lives. Okay. So mm -hmm. the of, of marriage that that contributes to the family, which contributes mm -hmm. to the community, which every, all relationships. Sabbath is honoring that day for God and honoring Him and things that may not make sense because something I just really appreciate or like notice about the Sabbath is like other things other people could adapt like yeah don't kill people mm -hmm. hey we get that don't commit adultery we get that like the Sabbath that's so random mm -hmm. like that is just for God mm -hmm. and then tithe is stewardship and remembering nothing actually belongs to you mm -hmm. and so that helps you be more generous it helps you understand reality and then the temple of God is remembering you know, there's other parts where people neglect the house of God for their own, but like mm -hmm. building up God's house and remembering you want him to come dwell with you. And each of them are just cornerstones that lead to other blessings or if you neglect them to other curses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's, 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 that's deep. That's, that's, okay, what's your uh, answer? Just super, especially <laughs> I, I, I just see them, all four of them are holy things. Yeah. That's okay. what, yes. holy. Yeah, they belong which, to God. Which I would agree, I mean, yes. in, in, in concert with your, your answers. But uh, <laughs> there are two creation accounts, the first one of which ends in chapter 2, verse 4 of Genesis. And the apex of that is Sabbath, mm -hmm. where God places his presence in the very fabric of time. Mm -hmm. The second creation apexes with marriage, mm -hmm. where yeah. God places his presence in the bodies of two people, one male, one female, in the, the confines and the protection of matrimony. Yes. And then he places himself in the in, in the in the temple of, of, of God where his presence is there. Correct. And then tithe is set apart. Not that he's actually in the actual money of the ten percent, mm -hmm. but that's his to begin with. Correct. And so these are four holy foundations as as as, as you said. And that's and, and they that's why feed into our experience. Exactly. And that's why your view of God is going to affect how you treat holy things mm -hmm. when God is holy. Mm -hmm. So if I have a low conception of God, a holy God, mm -hmm. I'm automatically going to disrespect right. holy things yes. that are holy unto God. When you commit in marriage, you're committing something unto God. Mm -hmm. The Sabbath is time committed unto God. Mm -hmm. Tithe is money committed unto God. Yeah. The house of God, worship, my spiritual in submission mm -hmm. and will unto God. Of which I would say in this great controversy that Satan hates these four things mm -hmm. just as much. He Absolutely. hates marriage, biblical marriage. He hates the temple of God. He hates the seventh-day Sabbath. Yep. And he hates tithe. And yeah. he, he wants us to use... But the beautiful thing is as you commit all these things unto God, God will then reveal himself through that in yes. your life and to others. So yes. he is glorified. It's not just the temple is just a building. Yes. But God's presence is there. Uh, you know, the, the way you deal with money, that's just money, but... The blessing that comes with faithful tithing uh, is is uh, glorifies God's faithfulness in your life. So, and the same in marriage and, and so on. So, it's just a beautiful way how God it goes back and forth. It's a, it's a Let's go to chapter 13 now, and we'll skip over 11 and 12. And for you out there, read 11 and 12. And when you think, uh, when you uh, create your own Bible study guide, let us know what you have on 11 and 12. But 13 is connected to 10. 
13 is, is connected to 10, and they create a little mini chiasm in the appendix, like in the appendix side as Just well. It is, it is inverse, yes. Hey, inverse. Hey, chapter 13, <laughs> verse 1. Chapter 13, <laughs> verse 1. I'll read verse 1. Mm-hmm. On that day, they read from the book of Moses in the hearing of the people, and in it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever come into the assembly of God, because they had not met the children of Israel with bread and water, but hired Balaam against them to curse them. However, our God turned the curse into a blessing. So it was that when they had heard the law, they all separated the multitude, mixed multitude from Israel. Verse 4. Now before this, Eliashib the, the priest, having authority over the storerooms of the house of our God, was allied with Tobiah. Tobiah. Mm. This is a, you see a guest appearance from this, this old. He's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's a sidekick. The fox. And on top of that, he was an Ammonite, of which uh, we just read. Verse 5, he had prepared from a large room where previously they had stored the grain offerings, the frankincense articles, tithes of grain, new wine, oil, which were commanded to be given to the Levites and singers and gatekeepers and all the offering for the priests. But during all this, I was not in Jerusalem. For in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. Then after certain days, I obtained leave from the king. I came to Jerusalem and discovered the evil that Eliashib had done for Tobiah in preparing a room for him in the courts of the house Mm. of God. Mm. Man, verse 8, it grieved me bitterly. (laughs) Therefore, I threw all the household goods out of Tobiah out of the room. This is just amazing. Verse 9, then I commanded them to cleanse the rooms and I brought back into them the articles of the house of God with the grain offering and the frankincense. So just as a disclaimer, we want to establish that we do not agree with the methodology of Nehemiah chapter 13. We do agree maybe with his perspective his and his zeal. theology, his zeal, mm-hmm. and in protecting these things, but uh, that we don't want to take literally uh, throwing people out and <laughs> what he does later. In case we don't get to it, um, yeah, I just want to put that, put that in there. Uh, he doesn't really end his legacy too well, uh, but we need to see his, his zeal, mm-hmm. and we need to... Uh, take what is good and avoid what is bad and put that in the whole perspective of the entire scriptures. Um, uh, Jonathan, can you read verse 10 through through 13 for us? I also realized that the portions for the Levites had not been given them for each of the Levites and the singers who did the work had gone back to his field. So I contended with the rulers and said, why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Then all Judah brought their tithes of the grain and the new wine and the oil of the storehouse to the storehouse. And I appointed as treasurers over the storehouse Shelemiah the priest and Sadak the scribe of the Levites, Pediah, and next to them was Hanan and son of Sacher, the son of Mataniah, for they were considered faithful and their task was to distribute to their brethren. In verse 14, please, sorry. Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and do not wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for its services. Okay, so they had promised four things in Nehemiah chapter 10. They, he promised, I want to uh, keep the, the house of God holy and make sure that there's nothing unclean that enters it. And I want to uh, make sure that we pay tithes. Return tithes. And then the first two things that they, they violate after these many years are those things. And after which, he, verse 14, he busts out into a prayer. Uh, we see chapter 19, he's like uh, saying, we want to remember. But here, verse 14, remember me, O God. So it's kind of this inversion. Mm-hmm. Inverse. <laughs> Inverse of uh, remember me, O my God. Is this kind of weird? Is this a little bit self-serving in the way? I know. Uh, I know we, Lord, we all signed this document. But Lord, remember me because I'm the only one that, that, that 
is that it could be taken that way, Callie? You're having a hard time with this. Well, the thing that it kind of reminds me of, and not just here, but like reading on and just how he reacts. Yes. Like, again, I think like his frustration and his react, like it makes sense, yes. honestly. Yes. And it kind of just reminds me of, of Moses striking the rock when he shouldn't have. Yes. Of like, there, he's just, he's so fed up with these people. Yes. And he's done so much for them that he's like at the end of his rope. Like, why, why are you this way? Right. And so I don't think, I think it's okay to be like, like, I, don't, I don't think it makes Nehemiah, like... Uh, a bad person. Yeah, it doesn't mean, like, the whole book is awful. Right. Everything he did was terrible. Yeah. Like, in the same way Moses was a servant of God, and I think he did, in a lot of ways, made a mistake. I think Nehemiah may have made a made a mistake here, but, like, <clears throat> it, again, like, he's he is trying to serve God, and he is trying to fix it. So, well, I don't want to be too let's, much. Let's keep reading oh. here, and uh. we got to keep on going here. Oh. we got to keep reading verse right. 15. <laughs> and see what, and like just, uh, it's already fore, foreshadowed, but I wonder what other two things are going to violate. Verse 15, <laughs> in those days I saw people in Judah treading wine presses on the seventh day Sabbath, Saturday, and bringing in sheaves, loading donkeys with wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of burdens which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. I warned them about the day on which they were selling provisions. Men of Tyre dwelt there also who brought in fish and all kinds of goods and sold them on the Sabbath to the children of Judah in Jerusalem. I contended with the nobles of Judah and said to them, What evil thing is this that you do by which you profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers do such thus? And did not our God bring all this disaster on us and on the city? Yet you bring added wrath on Israel by profaning the Sabbath. So it was at the gates of Jerusalem, as it began to be dark before the Sabbath, again, we see here we have principle of Sabbath keeping, that it commanded the gates to be shut, charged that they must not be opened until after the Sabbath. I posted some of my servants on at the gates so that no burdens would be brought in on the Sabbath day. Now the merchants and sellers of all kinds of wares lodged outside of Jerusalem once or twice. And I warned them, saying, said to them, Why do you spend the night around the wall? If you do so again, I will lay hands on you. I mean, this is not ordination, by the way. From that time, they came in no more on the Sabbath, and they commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves, and they should go and guard the gates and sanctify the Sabbath day. Remember me, O oh my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to greatness of your mercy. So what did they violate here? The Sabbath. Yeah. The Sabbath. I mean, we, we see time and time again in this circumstance that Nehemiah has done a good work, and when you feel as a leader that things are failing, your reaction is to re- remember that God will also remember what mm-hmm. you were doing. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to miss this. we got to go with verse 23. In those days, I also saw Jews with married women of Ashdod, Amnon, and Moab, the mm. three, the, uh, the people that they were that fighting true. against. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Half of them did not speak the lang- uh, spoke the language of Ashdod and could not speak the language of Judah, but according to the language of, the p- language of one or other people. Verse 25, so I contended with them and cursed them, struck some of them, pulled out their hair, made them swear by God, saying, you shall not give your daughters as wives to the sons or take their daughters for your sons or for yourselves. Didn't Solomon do all these things? And he's talking about all these violations that they did. Go to verse 29. Remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and the Levites. And he cleanses them and he concludes, remember me, O my God, for good. Mm-hmm. I just want to end with this point. Here, the, Nehemiah was faithful, but he executed his faithfulness in perhaps not a good Christian way. And there's ways to do this. How many of you out there want to say, Lord, I want to keep that which is holy, holy by your grace. And we don't want to swing to the other side because by Jesus' time, these four things had become idols in the life of the Pharisees. Only by God's grace can we have a balanced, Christ-centered, Bible-based experience. Thanks for joining us.
We'll see you here. We'll see you here next quarter, next topic, new different thing here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.